Welcome to The Thing About Health Coaching, the podcast from Your Coach Health, where we discuss advancements in health and wellness coaching, trends to watch, and the growing body of research. This episode was generated from conversations that occurred at our Global Health and Wellbeing Coaching Symposium in November of 2022, with a focus on demystifying health coaching in digital health, healthcare, and beyond. Please note that the industry is rapidly changing, so some of the information discussed may be outdated. For the latest news in health coaching, be sure to follow along with us and check out our latest health coaching report at yourcoach.health. We enjoy bringing you each and every episode, and it would mean a lot if you could rate this podcast in your favorite player. And of course, hit that bell to be notified of future episodes. Welcome back to our Health and Wellbeing Coaching Symposium. And I'm Eugene Borohovic, and I'm COO and co-founder of Your Coach Health. And I'm here joined today for this particular panel around building out health coaching services in digital health companies. So uh, I'm going to go around as I see it on the screen and I'm going to, you know, would love for yourself to introduce yourself, um, but also maybe a little bit of how you got into health coaching um, as an interesting fact. So I'll start with you, Trish. Welcome. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to see all of you again. Um, my name's Trish Toro and how I got into health coaching. That's our first question. Um, I got into health coaching for a variety of reasons, but mainly because I've always been interested and fascinated by people. Um, I grew up knowing that I wanted to study human behavior. And so I went to school for psychology. I ended up getting my master's degree in health psychology and health and um, like the mind and all of how they're interconnected always fascinated me. And when I saw that health psychology was an area of study, I was um, quickly intrigued and fell in love. And when I kind of stumbled upon health coaching as um, a, a, an area of interest and um, that it's actually a career, I um, kind of fell in love with that too. And so um, when I saw that I could support people in understanding their mind and their body and how they're all interconnected and the way their behaviors um, help their mental health, um, it, it all seemed to just fit into place for me. So it just kind of seemed Perfect. like the puzzle pieces fit. <laughs> yeah. and, and maybe just to add to it, uh, who you're representing today, because we're going to talk obviously in detail. So that. Yes, absolutely. I am the head of coaching at Together Senior Health, um, which is actually where we do a lot of brain health support for older adults to understand um, what lifestyle behaviors they can do to modify that are at risk for cognitive decline. So I actually help support people in understanding um, what things they can do to reduce their risk for cognitive impairment, Alzheimer's and dementia. And um, we do that by focusing on health-related behaviors and anything from physical activity, quality mm -hmm. sleep, you name it. <laughs> so um, we, we talk about awesome. all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, I'll go uh, this way. So Brianna, you're next. We'd love to get to know you here. Hi, everybody. So good to see you all. I am Brianna. I am head of coaching at Good Path. Um, so we are a digital integrative health company where we actually will focus on helping members manage various conditions related to sleep, digestive health. We have musculoskeletal, long COVID, and mental health. Um, so we have a whole gamut of conditions that we support. And how I really got into this, uh, truthfully, I did not go into undergrad or grad school thinking, yeah, I wanna be a health coach. Um, I really went into it thinking I was going to go into physical therapy, um, had a lot of injuries growing up playing sports, and that's kind of where my passion led me. I ended up going to grad school for clinical and performance exercise science and nutrition and found out doing what I actually really love working on this clinical side with uh, cardiac rehab, pulmonary rehab. Parkinson's was actually my yeah. favorite group to work with. And I realized that my passion for helping people and, and the medical side without maybe going to medical school and being able to support people through movement, through nutrition, all of that really led me to 
health coaching, which is the perfect blend for me of supporting people to lead healthier lives. It's all about that quality of life, but then really staying true to my clinical roots of let's actually target some of yeah. the condition, chronic conditions that a lot of people really don't get a lot of support for. And this is kind of what led me to be where I am. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, Hadley, you're next. Yeah. So hi, everybody. I'm Hadley Gustin. I'm the head of health coaching at Clearing, which is a digital health company in the chronic pain space. It's direct to consumer. Uh, and for me, I got into health coaching. I'm going to take it way back here a second, thinking back to when I was a kid. And I was really attracted to the field of psychology, even though I didn't study it in school or study it in college. And I remember going through therapy as a kid and thinking, well, I could do this. And, I, you know, there's elements of this that I love, right? Helping people and digging deep with people, hearing people's stories. Uh, but what bothered me and, you know, experiencing this on a personal level, I remember reading even as a teenager that something like 7% of people graduate therapy and actually feel like they got what they came for and whatever issues they came in the door with are, you know, healed, resolved, et cetera. And that just did not sit well with me. So fast forward to, I'm in my early twenties, uh, went to college for something completely different. I was a history major, uh, Middle Eastern studies. So nice. thought I was going to be on a completely different path. Um, but I was working through some of my own health issues at the time. And in that moment, I remember stumbling upon health coaching, just kind of out of the blue. I was working with certain people in different holistic professions and somehow health coaching uh, kind of came into that. So I dug a little bit deeper and immediately fell in love and, you know, pursued it um, initially in private practice, uh, got certified through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Uh, this is about 10, 11 years ago, and I've just been in it ever since. Uh, and about 10 years ago to kind of move from my own private practice into digital health, which is, of course, the field yeah. we're all in today. So it's it's been a wild ride, but uh, definitely a worthwhile one. Amazing. And I think, you know, the, the common theme here, and I think throughout the symposium is um, people don't become health coaches just for the sake of becoming health coaches. I think there's an underlying DNA, for lack of a better term of doing good and help, you know, helping people become happy and healthy humans. So, um, you know, it, it's interesting as you guys described each of the companies, you know, cognitive decline, you know, generally speaking, you know, pain management, yes, direct to consumer, and then kind of a broader set of, you know, everything from MSK. Um, you know, I'm curious, and depending on when you guys each entered the companies, um, you know, health coaching, uh, yes, it's been around for 20 years, but I think as it comes to digital health and even broader healthcare ecosystem, it's still relatively new. It's still relatively nascent. And so for some of the leaders and, and, and teams that you guys are working with, um, it, it's an interesting add-on, right? Um, and the health coaching report that um, uh, we, we, we're, we're going to have out there Actually, we surveyed 100 plus companies in digital health and, you know, 70 plus have coaching surrounding or not. So I'd love to dig in a little bit. What was to the extent that you guys know the reasoning behind adding health coaching to the proposition? And maybe Hadley, I'll just start with you and then we'll, we'll go around. Yeah, so Clearing, which is the company I'm currently with, um, funny story, I had just left my previous job a little over a year ago and was in search of my next one. I knew I wanted to um, head up health coaching again at a different company. And so I was just looking at different opportunities and I came across clearing, can't even remember how I did. It wasn't a job posting. It was just kind of looking at different uh, digital health companies out there. And it struck me that they didn't have health coaching. Uh, it was basically at the time, a company that offered different creams and prescriptions for chronic pain. Uh, their chief medical officer provided any other uh, medical related services, but that was about it. And it was really simple. And myself, I know Trisha is the same way. We both uh, come out of Hinge Health um, in years past. Mm -hmm. So in the chronic pain space, and I took one look at their website and I went, they could really use health coaching. So I didn't think <laughs> much of it, um, but they actually had a, a job posting on their careers page that essentially said, pitch your own job. If you have a role in mind that we don't currently have posted pitch it. That's interesting. So, yeah, I didn't put honestly didn't put much thought into it. I just wrote a quick paragraph. This is who I am. 
I think you could benefit from health coaching. Here's why. I know you don't currently have it. And I clicked send. And about a week later, I got a response right back from their talent acquisition manager who's like, your timing's unbelievable. We were just talking about adding in health coaching. Uh, so it was a very fast month of November last year of just uh, interviewing and getting to know yep. different members of the team. And I ultimately started with them last December. But um, I, I would even kind of give this as a plug to any health coaches out there. I know there are currently a lot of people, uh, whether you want to stay in private practice, part-time you're looking for work or full-time, um, really looking for opportunities that don't currently exist and pitching health coaching to companies that don't currently have it versus waiting for the company to, you know, kind of come to its senses and post the role. Um, and at Clearing, you know, it was a matter of testing it first. So when they brought me in, it wasn't, you know, an automatic, yes, we're doing health coaching. It's like, we need to see if our patients actually want it and test into this yep. model. They had done ethnographic research last fall with a, a variety of patients. And it was really interesting because of everybody they spoke to, um, pretty much all of these people wanted health coaching. They were asking for health coaching. They just didn't know the words health coaching because they hadn't been exposed yep. to it. So yep. that's the other thing too. If you're a company or a service out there and you're thinking about health coaching, recognizing, I think, as you said, Eugene, most people still don't know what it is. Um, they've never heard the words. They've never worked with a health coach before. And so really, um, Again, if you're going to offer it within your, your company or your product, I think the other big consideration to make is marketing and how you put the language around it and how you and, really start to surface it and socialize it out there. Um, and and hence, helpful. sorry to interrupt, uh, a little bit of delay here. And, and hence, you know, this year's uh, theme for the symposium is demystifying health and well-being coaching, right? Um, I think that's, you know, we're still on that journey, even though the industry has been there for 20 plus years. Thank you for that. And we'll dive deeper and kind of peel the onion a bit more on standing up those operations, but I'll go to Trish next. Um, did you have to do your own pitch for this or? <laughs> um, or oh, man. Or <laughs> you know, it's funny. We, um, Hadley and I have almost polar opposite experiences. Uh, my company together, Senior Health, also did some um you know, some research into health coaching because their model has been to support older adults with movement. And really we have so much research behind um, physical activity and mind-body awareness um, and social connection. And all of those pieces combined have supported our participants in um, their, their quality of life as we talk about. That's our main goal, right? Is to support higher quality of life. And what ended up happening was as they've learned how to grow um, the supports and the ther therapy practices around uh, working with participants, they got some information based on all of the research they were doing that health coaching would be a really good way to support their participants further. And what they did was they started seeking out um, health coaching to see if they could inject that into their current model and see if that could actually help further support and also make bigger gains on the, yeah. the quality of life that we're supporting our participants with. So when I came into the space of being interviewed for this position, um, it was kind of handed as like, we need you. We need a. We need somebody to run this program and really um, take on the task of creating a health coaching model within our current um, organization. Yep. And so it was really embraced. Um, and they they did their research. They knew health coaching worked. They just didn't know how. And so it was yep. really about getting um, the right pieces in place so that we could start to make the health coaching pr program work. Um, and really within the first two months, we had already set up a program. It was really scrappy. It was really fun. And we piloted, you know, a small group of people. And so we were learning a lot really quickly about how health coaching would support this current organization's practices. And so um, together really embraced it really. Um, and so it's really interesting. And together and together, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting to hear the stories because um, I think too, just having seen how, how research heavy um, 
together senior health is they, they knew that it wasn't necessarily does health coaching work, but how will health coaching work within our current yeah. practice? And so that was the big questions that those are continuing to be the big yeah. questions that we have. Um, and it's really fun to um, sort of answer those and then have deeper questions about like, okay, we know health coaching works. What's the best type of health coaching? How do we work with this current population? And as you all know, each population, you know, I'm working with older adults, as Hadley just said, even just talking about like, what is a health coach? I don't need to be coach. You know, there's, there's a lot of stigma around, like, I don't know what that is. Can I just talk to a doctor? Right. And so allowing for conversations around, um, what does this mean for you and how do you work with this person and what are they actually doing for you? And the buy-in was huge. As soon as they started to see that, there's somebody there to chat with and talk to and really help them um, navigate a lot of big questions they have around their health. It was, it was really embraced. Um, And so that was, that was something that I found really exciting just from my, my own personal perspective was how quickly health coaching has been embraced. But again, I think what you said earlier, Hadley, about marketing and language and really creating a safe space for people to ask questions I think that was a really important and integral part of our program to get buy-in so that people could actually, you know, they, they were able to just come in and say like, what is it that you do? <laughs> and, right. and have a really candid conversation and not feel like we're, you're, we're pulling the wool over their eyes or anything. Like, this is how I'm here to support you. And um, I think just having really simple language around that was really effective. It, you know, it's interesting you mentioned kind of stigma and we obviously find that there's probably more stigma with therapy than health coaching. As a matter of fact, especially certain, you know, demographic and, um, and certain in- individuals are more stigmatic about, you know, therapy than health coaching, right? And I know, Brianna, you mentioned, I think you have, you know, MSK, uh, others, but also mental health. So that's a little bit of a segue into you. You know, how did you get to Good Path? Um, sounds like it's a bit more complex to make that decision at Good Path and health coaching because you have so many, I'll call them therapeutic areas. Um, and then before I hand it off, because we always get asked this question by our prospects and, and clients, you know, what categories are coaches in? And our answer always is a good coach is a coach is a coach and can coach almost any individual through any uh, disease reversal, you know, performance, whatever it is. Having said that, we are tracking coaches on our platform across 16 different categories because context always matters, right? And so now I'm going to hand it off to you because it is much more complex, but I wanted to kind of hear the reasoning and thinking about your leadership team and, and, and putting coaching around it. Yeah, so when I started, I was in a very different situation than Hadley. Um, we already piloted coaching and we're like, you know what, this is great. We want to do it, but we need somebody to really lead the charge on it. And that's where gratefully I got to be the one selected to do that. And for us, the biggest thing is we do have so many therapeutic areas. We have a full team of physicians behind us as well. So for us, it's where do we draw that line between coaching and medical advice? And that's where it really is a lot for us of kind of like you said, a good coach is a good coach, can coach across many conditions. The root of coaching is the same, just your knowledge and background is a little different, where we actually will meet with all of the physicians regularly. We have rounds, we learn about the conditions, we will discuss members, and then know, okay, this is really the root of it. This is what we need to know medically. And then go, okay, how can we change this and actually have this be a coaching session? How do we help them get there? Because again, as we all know, coaching isn't prescriptive. A lot of people still know what to do, but they don't know how to do it or how to make it fit with their life. And that was a big part of coaching being at our company of, great, we can have all of the best advice available. It doesn't necessarily mean that anyone's going to benefit from it. So that for you know, we really use our coaching of great. We have, you know, these other solutions. How do we help people actually engage with that to actually make these improvements that they're looking for to improve their quality of life, to engage in exercise, to engage in a healthier diet, whatever it is. So 
you know, our team has been very supportive of health coaching. It's, it truly is an integral part of our company and our product. And it's great when we talk to even our product team and they're like, I just want to learn more about like what you do and how you do it. And we learn, we work alongside them every single day, but it's still so different from what other departments yep. know yep. that they're like, I want to learn how you do this. Like, <laughs> they've engaged in our programs and they're like, this is incredible. They work on it, but they don't actually experience it. So I think having all of that has really led to all of the support with all of our conditions. We have, you know, we have five that we support and we, you take each one a little bit differently. Like you said, with, you know, the stigma is context. You want to make sure that you're meeting each person and giving them what they need and also keeping expectations realistic. Absolutely. Let's stick with you, Brianna. I think the next level, and I think the the people that are watching this, you know, both coaches, uh, you know, digital health community and the broader healthcare community, always curious about, again, kind of demystifying this even further. So, you know, obviously you mentioned clinical and sounds like uh, there's always a clinical component to each of your companies, right? And, And science behind it. And the context of saying coaching is coaching Having said that, there are programs that you guys put together around, you know, and you don't need to go through all six or seven, you know, therapeutic areas, but would love to hear each of you guys thinking of how, and you came into different parts or different times in the company on on the coaching decision, but how programs are structured, you know, obviously, um, you know, we see, you know, a variety of ways to structure it. We don't believe that chat only is an example is really because it, it, you know, you don't get to form that relationship. So with our B2B prospects, we do almost enforce that there is at least an initial voice video session, then you can go to chat. But again, you know, th- that varies widely in the industry. So I'm curious how you've structured the programs and then we go a little bit deeper after that. So start with you, Brianna, then Hadley and then Trish. Yeah, so we know that chat-based only isn't, the most effective. Um, we actually did it where it was video only for a while. And we found that that was actually really difficult for some people, um, especially if you're just like in the middle of your day and you're like, I'm running somewhere. I don't, I can't get on a Zoom call. So we do offer a phone option as well. And then of course, everyone can reach out to us via chat. Our biggest thing is we want to be accessible and we want it to be a low bar for people to engage with us. And so we structured in that way of the first call, we wanna just get to know you. We wanna know what you're about, what's going on. And we have it, you know, be a very casual conversation at the start to again, really get people involved, engaged. And then from there, we can get a little bit more strategic, get into more of that like true coaching of, okay, what are your goals? How How are we gonna reach them? But I think for us, it is, we want to take a combination of approaches to really make everything possible. We have some people that, do you know what they do? Just want to engage in chat only to start. Maybe they're in our mental health program and they have anxiety and talking on a phone is a little too much. Great. We can start there and then we'll move to something else. But that's kind of how we really structure it. Of Let's meet you where you're at and then we'll go from there. Interesting. Hadley, how did you guys structure? Because again, right, um, I think from a pain management perspective, pain can appear at any point in time, but it's also non-clinical service. So, you know, curious on what the program kind of structure is and and how do you guys delineate the scope of practice uh, as well? from clinical. Yeah. So not dissimilar from these guys, you know, the coach is a member of what we call the care team. So in close partnership with the doctor and this care team works together with each of our patients. Um, Something we offer at Clearing uh, this past year is remote therapeutic monitoring. And so that is a very clinical piece that the coach is actually responsible for. And it's a part of the coaching visit Um, But the vast majority of the actual session that we have on a monthly basis with patients is coaching, is straight health coaching. So there's an RTM, remote therapeutic monitoring piece, and then health coaching built around that. And the health coaching is is sticking really closely to um, the National Board for Health and Wellness Coaching principles. Uh, We really dig into lifestyle factors. We have our own wellness wheel. 
so it's bringing people in the door with something that they recognize, you know, giving them a first doctor visit to start and having the doctor diagnose their pain, give them prescriptions, right? It resembles the brick and mortar clinic. And this is great for, again, acquisition and getting people in the door. Uh, but then after that, they're meeting with the coach on a monthly basis to do these remote therapeutic monitoring check-ins and also the health coaching built into that. And what's really exciting is right now, and this is just you know months since we've launched it, 80% uh, of people who schedule you know, a monthly coaching visit are having them and attending. And I know for businesses, the big question tends to be, you know, if we're doing synchronous sessions, what is the utilization going to be? You know, if we can get past yeah. 40%, it's a good day. You know, this is a good number to have. We're at 80% right now. So there's strong product market fit. Um, I'm also someone when I came in the door at clearing, I'm like, let's not do coaching through messaging. And the reason yep. I say that is because coaching is deep work. Uh, it's not dissimilar in that sense to a therapy session, although it's not therapy. And the idea that you can do deep work with somebody in a 160 character text message is insane. Companies have done it because it's scalable or they believe it to be scalable, but I think we're seeing the limitations of that. Uh, this year, for sure, as I know, companies have had major layoffs in their coaching departments. And um, when you look at the populations of people who are buying into coaching and, and wanting coaching, they want to be seen, heard, and understood. They want somebody to talk to them. They want to have a conversation, even though it may not be the most convenient thing. Um, so I think really embracing the challenge of how do we get people into the synchronous sessions so they can do the deep work and get better versus going, no, let's just go to messaging and default to that because it's easier. I think there's a much bigger payoff in the end if you invest in the synchronous session model. Yeah, and I'm not going to preach here either. So <laughs> we, we absolutely agree. Um, Trish, uh, you know, it's interesting, right? Kind of the um, the elderly population. Um, I think uh, the maybe the misnomer is that maybe not as technologically savvy. I would argue it's it's not there today, meaning they're, they're, they're individuals that are pretty technologically savvy. But again, how do you structure that program, you know, specific to the elderly population? And, and what are some of the things that you've considered? The Thing About Health Coaching is brought to you by Your Coach Health, the only operating system for behavior change powered by health coaches. We help a growing roster of industry partners stand up or augment their health coaching operations with the largest supply of validated health coaches and proprietary technology for seamless integration. We are the premier virtual home for health and wellness coaching, an ecosystem built to empower health coaches while expanding access to their services through our industry partnerships. To find out more, head over to yourcoach.health or yourcoachhealth on all the socials. Join us on the health coaching revolution as we strive to deliver the power of health coaching to the eight and a half billion global population by 2030. Yeah, no, these are, these are such awesome conversations, by the way. I'm so, I'm having so much fun. Um, Hadley, what you shared. A couple more hours. We can, <laughs> we can spend a couple more hours, you minimum. Keep going? Yeah. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to share how much fun I'm having. Um, no, I, I, I think that it's really important to, to note the population that you are working with. And so knowing that I am working with older adults who are at risk for or may have some cognitive impairment, um, there is technological um, challenges, um, as well as just regular challenges, right? Just in general, um, the frustration that comes with connecting mm -hmm. to somebody who you don't know and, you know, do it, is it a phone call? Is it a Zoom call? Is it this or is it that? Um, I will say that the individuals that we work with have really embraced that there is a technology piece to connecting with people about your health. I think that it's, um, and even over the next few years, it will become more and more prominent. I think, um, I know we haven't really talked about it yet, but COVID really did change the, the landscape in so many ways that people are having telemedicine visits and things like that. So it wasn't as, um, it's still, there are still those limitations and frustrations, but overall, I'll just share that we do primarily have a video call model and, um, and much like both Brianna and Hadley has said, having that one-on-one -on -one interaction face-to-face virtually 
is um, it's like that second step down from sitting in front of somebody and really being able to talk and do that deep work. Um, and older adults, if you think about it, are are reimagining decades worth of behaviors. <laughs> and so um, it can be challenging and it can be extremely rewarding when they recognize that small little piece of, and change they want to make and they can tell you face-to-face. They can give you that excitement. They can show you. I mean, there are days when they write something down and they're like, look what I did this week. And I think that just being able to be present for them in that moment is really key. It, it for sure supports rapport. It for sure allows them that, that piece of engagement. And one of the things that I think is really important to note about our program as well is that um, the, the research behind Together Senior Health um, done by Dr. Deborah Barnes and team has shown that connection and social engagement is really key for older adults and their cognitive health. Um, so not only does it help them with behavior changes, but it also supports them with that mind-body piece. And so that that video call is actually one piece of connection and one piece yep. of engagement with someone. Um, so we do have a video call model primarily, but they also can access us through email and other means. So it's not that we they can only talk to us with a video call. They have other ways to connect with us, but the majority of the coaching piece is really through a group session support and a one-on-one -on -one coaching call. And for individuals who are older adults, many retired, um, that time is actually really valuable to them. Um, if you know if they're looking for yep. ways to engage with people, and so providing that space, and I think also being able to share with them their wins and their challenges all together in that in that particular way, the video group sessions are extremely powerful for um, behavior change and support. So um, that's something we're finding a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so mo moderated by a coach, but amongst yes. the peers and the community. Yeah, so group, awesome. group moderated yep. session, and then they have that one-on-one -on -one time that they can speak directly to their coach um, about their specific needs. But um, what's okay. interesting too is a lot of the one-on-one -on -one time, they can go back to saying like, oh, I really liked what this person said about how they're, you know, um, supporting their sleep routine. Reflection techniques. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Reflections. So, it's that it's that piece yep. of of joining that together but that connection again i want to run bring that home is it was so important yeah. Yeah. yeah you know just a funny anecdote you know uh, uh with your we have people jumping on the sessions expecting like a you know chatbot avatar and being pleasantly surprised that it's an actual human being that's there to listen and to help you navigate your your thoughts and set your goals and help you achieve them right it's 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 such a uh, it's such a funny time that we expect technology to be first and, you know, seeing people that can actually help you on your journey is amazing. Let, let's dive one, you know, it's interesting, again, what I love about this group here is kind of coming from a different, again, kind of therapeutic area slash, um, um, you know, help that, that is given, but also different models, right? Um, so I think kind of Hadley, you mentioned you guys are direct to consumer, I think both Brianna and Trish, you know, there's partners that you can go through, either employers and others. And, you know, where we get contacted quite a lot is because a lot of companies are very challenged, especially, well, actually on both sides, direct-to-consumer campaign happens or, you know, an employer sends an email out, um, scaling the team on demand because as you guys kind of were maybe the first ones in the door, building your team, but then um, we did a quick survey. The end was pretty low, it was about 30. Um, and 70% of the respondents actually said one of the biggest challenges in digital health companies is scaling on demand and coaching operations. So we'd love to hear kind of your thoughts and I'll start you know, with Hadley um, and then, then you, you guys feel free to chime in as, as well as we go. Yeah, sure. So I'll be honest, uh, Clearing right now, we're still a seed stage startup. We're on the verge of series A. So still, you know, beginning stages. Um, 
But having been with four or five other startups prior at different stages of growth, whether that was Series B or you know Series E, hyper growth, and I, I think Brianna and Trish, you guys are similar. Um, you kind of get a good sense of exactly this question: like, what does it take to scale and scale effectively, and what companies have done that relatively well versus not? Uh, again, this year, I think we've seen the fallout from that. A lot of companies have had really big layoffs of their coaching teams. Uh, and so for many of us, myself included, I think we find ourselves in these positions now going, how do we prevent that from happening again? What lessons are we learning? And for us at Clearing, I'm so proud to say, uh, I think we've approached this really well so far And that, you know, when I had started, my initial thought was, as soon as we figured out, okay, there's product market fit here, we need to start building this up, scaling, hiring people. And right now, I've got one coach under me still. Um, we're on the verge for the first time of really getting the, the hiring juices flowing and, and moving in that direction. But it's been almost a year since I've been there. And I yeah. think if you're spinning up health coaching for the first time, really giving yourself time, just bring in one person, a couple of people, and don't jump the gun. Um, really do the testing work, the experimenting work until you feel like you have strong product market fit. Um, because if not, you are going to be in a position to lay people off, I think, pretty quickly. Even if you only have a team of, let's say, 10 people, 20 people, you're probably going to want to shrink that if you're still in the experimenting phase, if you're seed stage, series A, et cetera. The other thing I would say, too, something we've done this year a lot is asking the question, okay, what are we doing manually today? When you're in the beginning stages, everything is manual. I think Trish said earlier, you get really scrappy with how you build the program. And again, as soon as you come upon some semblance of product market fit, you want to start asking yourself, where, where are the efficiencies here? What efficiencies can we create and what can we productize? So if there's more that we're able to automate and productize, we're not going to have to hire all of these people. It's not that we don't want to hire. It's not that we don't want to create jobs, but we don't necessarily want to create unnecessary jobs that we're going to end up end up uh, laying off people later. So asking those questions in the beginning, uh, I know I've said this a lot to my team this year, yep. but we have the opportunity to get this right. So let's not blow it and let's not put ourselves in the shoes of some of these other companies that came before us. And now, you know, they're in the position they're in today, again, where there's been major layoffs. Uh, I think those are some of the biggest lessons we've learned. You know, one quick comment on, um, obviously, again, if you're in the industry, everybody has heard about the layoffs. And, you know, our, our feeling here is a recalibration of still a nascent industry. And probably, you know, the stuff that we talked about, you know, chat coaching and 600 to one ratios to us that was never coaching. Um, and these are brilliant, talented individuals that unfortunately uh, kind of wear in the industry. So to us, it's a recalibration of real coaching that, that, that's uh, resurrecting itself. Um, you know, Trish, maybe I'll go to you um, and then to Brianna on the, the same question as earlier, please. On, um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think um, one thing Hadley said that really stuck out to me was, um, not only the 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 funding piece and and where what stage you are in the company but really thinking about like we do look at other models and we are constantly looking at what other companies have done well and what other companies are maybe finding limitations or challenges with i think one of the the biggest learnings i've had personally is just seeing how um how hiring to hiring to the participants that we need versus hiring for the future of the unknown and i think that that's yeah. a big part too is um you know what's what's the need now <laughs> and then we kind of we we do a lot of um what's that friends episode pivoting we pivot a lot <laughs> so that's right. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of like okay we know what we know here's what we're learning we're, we're pivoting in this direction. And really, I think the, the main thing is just being flexible, being flexible, understanding that um, you have a plan and it may change. 
um, you have ideas about how you want to scale your company. And um, those can be great initial ideas. And based on research and evidence and information you gather, um, you change your plan and you make a better plan. And so I think that's one of the things is being flexible and not being so rigid in understanding like these are the steps to make a coaching organization. Um, there are certainly steps that you, there's certainly a framework, but being really flexible within that framework. And that's something that we're really, we're really thinking about a lot is um, what are the needs? Who are we serving as the biggest question yep. we have and how can we serve them the best way possible? And those are the questions versus how do we make ourselves bigger? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a balance, you know. Lo love the pivot. And uh, I, I don't want to promise that we're going to get the rights to that Seinfeld episode, but it would be lovely to pl play it in between the sessions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all friends. Uh, Brianna, same thing. And I think while, again, a coach is a coach is a coach, as we've established, right, uh, you know, going through, it's a different model for you guys and the employer model, depending on the size of it. I know you have some awesome partnerships with like him's and hers where you're powering up a lot of this stuff. So we'd love to kind of understand a little bit how you guys are doing demand management uh, in, in, at Goodwill. Good path. Sorry. Yeah, it, it's definitely tricky and not to just reiterate everything that Hadley and Trish said, but it is about who are we serving? We we do projections. We're like, this is how big a company is. This is how many we're expecting to enroll. We do that. And that's fantastic. That's not always accurate. Um, yep. which I'm sure everybody knows. And one of the things that's really important for us as we are thinking about scaling is understanding the cycle. So we have every company is going to have cycles of how long yep. people are in your program, you know, when it ebbs and flows, is it throughout the year? Some B2Cs, it can be super busy at sometimes and slower at others. And ours is no different. Um, the cycle might look different than other ones, but understanding that cycle is really, really key. So then, you know, okay, are we going to build up? What's the likelihood yep. of that cycle? So that we can be really smart and strategic about it because like Hadley said in the back of I think everybody's mind is how do we prevent layoffs and some of these yep. other news that's happening and part of it is if you understand that cycle you can prepare your team like hey this is going to be maybe a little bit of a tougher time but we know this is when it's going to happen and have some of these levers that you can pull like Hadley said, we are looking at, okay, we know this works. What can we automate to make, take some of the load off of coaches to then give them more of that space and time to actually work directly with the members, yep. which is truly what all coaches want to do anyways. And those are really key factors in how do you scale of what can only a coach do and what is something that you can automate? What's that outreach that Great, a coach can, can absolutely help with it, but is it necessary? Is it essential? And yep. I think that's a really, really key factor in anyone considering scaling. Without, interestingly, I mean, one thing that we take uh, kind of very seriously, it needs to be the coach's voice. And uh, because I think human beings are very understanding of if it's a bot or not at the end of the day, at least today, right? Never say never. I think the technology is getting better. Uh, you know, but we look at augmenting coaches to do their job better versus replacing coaches uh, as a chatbot. So um, we are getting to be somewhere around uh, outside of our, our time frame here. I want to ask, even though we can spend probably another hour on kind of the science and outcomes, but maybe each of you guys can do like literally, uh, you know, 30 seconds to a minute on how you look at coaching, contributing to the outcomes and how you guys are measuring it. And then would love to go to the final question after that. So I'll start with Brianna since uh, you were speaking last and then we'll go around. Yeah, so for us, we look at coaching as being integral to our outcomes. With all of our outcomes, we are looking at not just improvement in symptoms, but also improvements in anxiety and depression. Even if you're in our sleep program, all of it is so interrelated that we do want to look, okay, is your sleep improving, but also what other factors are improving and not just based on the numbers, but do you personally feel like you are getting better? 
And we know that coaching is a big factor in that. We have data where you can compare somebody who kind of does the program themselves. And then we have somebody who really engages in coaching and people that engage in coaching have infinitely higher outcomes and engagement. And that is huge. And then of course, you know, we're looking through making sure our coaching is, is solid and, and based on all the latest research, but they're so interconnected. You can't really tease it apart. And if you do want to, then you will just see even more of that value that coaching provides not just for engagement, but truly for those outcomes and improving quality of life, which I think is the root of what all of us are, are aiming for. Happy and healthy humans, right? Exactly. Hadley, let, let's go to you uh, quickly on kind of the science and outcomes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I have it pulled up in front of me here. I can read you some real numbers from studies that we used. Uh, these are not from Clearing, but again, this is what Clearing used to really build up uh, health coaching and, and start to market it effectively to people so they understand. Um, in terms of quantitative outcomes, you know, there was a study that showed pain intensity scores decreased by 31% in participants who received health coaching uh, versus only a 9% reduction among participants who only track their symptoms, their diet, and their behaviors via a smartphone application. Uh, in addition to that, pain self-efficacy scores increased by 29% in the health coaching intervention group versus 16% in the control group, which is just that app tracking group. So the list goes on. I've got more I can yeah. share, but I yeah. know we're pressed for time. Um, these are just, again, a few of the numbers that we use to really show the value prop of health coaching, the efficacy of coaching. Um, and really, we know at Clearing, yes, again, they want to meet with a doctor to start. They want something that resembles that brick and mortar clinic. But the coaching is really the value proposition that drives their attendance to ongoing sessions. People don't realize in the beginning it's their diet, it's their sleep, it's their stress, it's their social support and community, et cetera, that directly is impacting, you know, in our case, their pain. So when they start to get a taste of that and the dots start connecting, they're hooked. They want to have those conversations. They want to know more and dig deeper. Uh, and yep. so that also, you know, speaks to the process as well. Perfect. Thank you for, for those stats as well. Trish? I'll, I'll be quick. Um, just to, to piggyback, the coaching in our Together Senior Health model is really the, um, we're, we've injected it into the already existing program and seen that it is one of the most coveted pieces of the program. Um, the, the coach is providing not only education, and resources, but that one-on-one -on -one approach, that group support. And um, after when we had our 12-week pilot, after our four, eight, and 12-week results, health coaching was one it was ranked the number one most important part of the program for across the board. So um, it just goes to show that even coming in, not knowing what a health coach yep. was and not really understanding what that, why it was necessary, why it was important to see that it was ranked one of the top, actually the top thing that was found most effective and most important in their program. Um, all of our participants noted that. So um, that was kind of a 100% a uh, thing to share. Yep. <laughs> um, but I think that just, it, it just reiterates how important um, health coaching as a, as a specific um, stimuli in any organization it's really it's really a catalyst for change and so um, we all know that but we're, we're, we're all preaching to, to the same choir but um, maybe let's just spend uh, to close us off first of all thank you and, and I agree with you Trish uh, we can probably be doing this for hours but um, we must end here so I would love maybe one key piece of advice to somebody who is about to go on the journey of building a coaching operation I know we sort of alluded to a number of things but maybe the one that kind of stands out the most um, and or joining an organization um, in, in building that out so I'll start with you Brianna and then uh, we'll go that way just one piece of advice put me on the spot um, <laughs> yeah I feel like there's so much that it could be but I think I would say know what you want to get out of it and know what your requirements are because a lot of people I think can add health coaching because now it's cool and it's a great it's great I mean all of us can can say that but knowing really what value it will provide and how it will provide value will really guide you in as you are developing this out have that in the back of your mind how will this work with 
with our offerings, how will this work with, you know, what we really are trying to reach, what outcomes are we aiming for? If I used the same model as maybe Trish, it probably yeah. wouldn't work as well because everything we're doing is so different. So you really need to understand what it is about your company and what you want health coaching to provide and how it fits in with everything. I think that would, that's the very first step and that's key and before you can even think about how is this going to grow and build. So start with a goal in mind. That, that, I, that, that's my quick summary. Um, Hadley, let's go to you with one piece of advice. Yeah, I would say uh, from personal experience and also just seeing uh, others have done this as well, but I think it's super important to start by hiring one person who becomes your head of health coaching, like I know three of us are, um, who's a nationally board certified coach who has that credential, uh, and also somebody who has extensive experience and background in coaching, hopefully someone who's been with different clinical issues, has coached you know, a broad range of clinical mm -hmm. issues as well. Uh, because that will really make that person your thought leader in coaching. And with that, I think it's super important that that person has an equal seat at the table next to the person representing product, the person who represents engineering, the design person. I think what we've seen so far today is that, you know, coaching tends to be the outlier and there's a bigger emphasis on the digital and the technology piece. And those are the loudest yep. voices at the table, not the people representing coaching. So if you hire that first person as your head of health coaching and they've got the background, they've got the credential, that really puts them in position to have these conversations and to have that equal voice. Love it. Trish, okay. parting words? I will say the biggest piece of advice I have for all of you out there just listening to this right now is make friends with your team as Hadley shared, be friends with your engineers, your product managers, your salespeople, make friends with all of them. They will help you create the best coaching practice that you have at your company and stay close to your participants, users, members, whatever you call them, stay close to them, know what their needs are so that you can best support them and give them the best program that they deserve. Amazing. And we can all do this all great together, right? So pun, together. Pun <laughs> little well, plug. <laughs> yes, little plug. Well, thank you very much to all of you. And uh, for our listeners, viewers, stay tuned for the next session, which is going to be a continued demystifying health coaching and digital health with specific tactical opportunities for coaching. Thank you so much, all. Thank you, Eugene. Thank you.